Here we go, continuing through the New Testament in 2023. We are on day three, which means that we're in chapter three. So here we go. Let's take a look at it. This is Matthew's gospel. We said there were four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they give a lot of the same accounts. Some of them include some things and not include other things. Some give more detail, less detail. And as we go through the Gospels, we'll find more detail even with the accounts that we're reading right now. John's Gospel is quite a bit different than the other ones. But here we go, jumping into chapter 3. And this might be familiar to some of us, and maybe not familiar at all to some of us, but uh, we'll learn about it now. We say that it's good for everyone to go through the New Testament one time in their life, so let's do it and let's get the background. In those days, in, in what days? In the days that when Jesus was born and then Jesus was pursued by King Herod to try to kill him because Herod didn't want a rival king, Jesus going down into Egypt, Jesus coming back with his family, settling in the area of the Galilee. Well, in those days, now uh, some years have gone by, we're talking uh, 30 years or so now, and uh, in those days, John the Baptist came. Who was John the Baptist? He actually was a relative of Jesus. And he was going to be what was known as the forerunner. He would be the one that's like the advanced team. You know how this works when a president comes into town or when something is coming into town, maybe even the circus. <laughs> they, they send an advanced team in, and John is sort of the advanced team preparing the way of the Lord. He was prophesied about in the book of Malachi, the very last book of the Old Testament. So it says, in those days, John the Baptist came. What do you think John was doing? He was baptizing. And he came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Now, the wilderness, um, often we might think of wilderness as a lot of jungle or something like that. But the wilderness there is sort of some barren land. And he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, um, there's a religious word. There's a word we should try to figure out. What does that mean? We hear that. Sometimes we see it in sort of comical way, uh, repent. The word repent means to change your mind. It doesn't mean necessarily to change your behavior. It means to change your mind. Because if you change your mind, your behavior will change. But sometimes you change your behavior, but your mind hasn't changed. You're just covering some things up. You would like to do something, but you know that you can't. So inside you want to do it in your mind, but you don't do it with your body. So it's not, it's not action necessarily. It's, it's a changing of your mind. And the way that they needed to change their mind was they thought that by keeping religious rules and regulations that they could be right with God. Well, that won't make you right with God. What will make you right with God? Well, that's why we're studying the Gospels. <laughs> Jesus does. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. Well, the kingdom of heaven is going to be Jesus coming near. Uh, that word kingdom, the, the Greek word is basilia. It means the rule. The rule in the reign of God is near. And he said, this is what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Well, again, we looked at Isaiah before, if you did the previous chapters with us. Isaiah was what's known as a messianic prophet. He, a lot of his prophecies were about the Messiah that was to come. And this is the prophecy that Isaiah gives about John the Baptist, that he's a voice calling in the wilderness. Well, that's where he was, and his voice was calling out, telling people to repent. Prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. So John's ministry, John's person, was prophesied by Isaiah some 600 years prior to, uh, to this. Fascinating, the prophecies of the Bible. 300 of them concerning Jesus and his ministry, and we've looked at a few of them so far, but there's, uh, that would leave, leave us another 295 to cover. <laughs> Quite fascinating. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. 
Oh, sort of an unusual guy, uh, sort of tough, rustic, you know, out there in the wilderness, uh, eating locusts, eating wild honey. He's not, uh, he's not the office type, is he? He's not the, he's not the white collar person. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all of Judea and the whole region of Jordan, and they confessed their sins and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. So interesting, John, the kind of person he is, uh, you know, very, very blue collar, uh, very earthy, um, very rustic, very wilderness. And all kinds of people are going out to him. The religious leaders are going out to him. The sophisticated are going out to him. The intelligent are going out to him. The wealthy are going out to him, as well as the poor in the middle class and the, and the working poor. They're all, they're all going out to John. And they're confessing their sins and they're baptized. So they're getting ready for the coming of the Lord, confessing their sins and being baptized. This picture of baptism is sort of interesting because in baptism, the way that they would do it, totally immersion baptism, they'd come to John in the Jordan and, and they'd go down into the water and John would take them and put them into the water and then pull them back out. And the picture there is that it was like a water grave. They were going down into the water to die to their old life. And now they would come out of the water and rise to the new life. And it also becomes a picture of identification with Jesus. Just as he died on the cross, when we're baptized, we go down into the water, we die with Jesus, we come back up, resurrected from the dead, and, and live a new life. So that's the picture of baptism there. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, coming to where he was baptized, he said, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Well, he's calling him a brood of vipers, uh, John did not read Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> Calling people a bunch of snakes is not the way to endear yourself to them. Well, who are the Pharisees and the Sadducees? They're uh, the religious parties, the ruling religious parties of the day. Uh, they were well-known, they were well-respected, but they were hypocrites. They were religious leaders, but Jesus, all throughout the Gospels, will find out that these guys are hypocrites. And there's two different groups uh, they sort of war with each other. They're not exactly the same. The Pharisees are very, very conservative in the way that they live and the way that they interpret the Bible. They believe in the supernatural. The Sadducees, you know, are much more liberal in the way that they live and in the way that they interpret the scriptures, and they don't believe in the supernatural. So they're both coming out to John, and John said, you know, what are you guys doing? You know, who told you guys to come? You know, you're just a bunch of snakes. You're not, you're not really sincere. Well, uh, I guess so you knew somehow. And what he said was, Produce fruit in keeping with your repentance, and don't think that you can say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that these stones, God can raise them up as children of, of Abraham. What does that mean? Well, they're all Jewish. They're all Hebrew. Abraham was the father of the Jewish people, and, and as such, he was the father of the Jewish religion. And so it would be like saying, well, you know, my grandfather was a Methodist preacher, or I grew up in the Catholic Church, or... You know, my, my uncle was a Baptist preacher. We used to go to church all the time. And John said, you know, don't say that stuff. It doesn't mean anything. So what that your uncle was a Baptist pastor? That doesn't mean anything. You know, so, so, so what that your grandfather or your father was a Methodist minister? So what that you grew up in the camp? It doesn't mean anything. You can't, you can't trust in that. You can't trust in that at all. Why are you trusting in that? And he said, produce fruit and keeping really repentance. If you really change your mind, then your actions are going to show it. Verse 10 the axe is already laid at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Ooh, ouch. And he said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one more powerful than I, 
whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. Jesus has not come on the scene yet. We're going to see Jesus come on the scene in just a moment here. And he said, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering the wheat into his barn and burning up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Well, what is that? What even is shaft? Well, what they would do with their wheat is they take their wheat and sort of crush it, and then they would take a, like a pitchfork, right? And, and you would take that wheat, and then you would throw it up in the air. And as you threw it up in the air, all of the dust, all of the bad stuff would sort of fly away, and then the good stuff, the wheat, would come down to the bottom. And so he's saying that when Jesus comes around, he's going to separate out the wheat from the chaff. He's going to separate out the good stuff from the bad stuff because it looks the same. These guys look religious. These guys look holy. But John's saying they're, they're not at all. They're hypocrites. And when Jesus is coming, he's going to show the difference between those who are really sincere about loving and serving God and trying to figure out who he is and what he wants and how we would love him and how he loves us and those who were the religious leaders that were just the power brokers. They were the ones that liked to control the people. So um, he's talking about Jesus who's coming, and he said Jesus will come, and he said, I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals. But uh, he's coming, and he's the one who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word baptize, the, the Greek word is baptismo. It means to fully immerse him. And so when Jesus comes, he will fully immerse us in the Holy Spirit. We'll learn more about what that means as we move on. So let's do it. We're trying to keep it to about 10 minutes a day. Uh, there's the reading guide. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on calvarychapel316.com. That will show you all the places you can do it, including the podcast and everything, including the reading guide. So let's move on. And if you miss a day, just keep moving. We'll catch up. Believe me. It will all come together. If you try to catch up, you, you might mess yourself up. So uh, let's move forward. Great that we're going through the New Testament. Great to be together. Love you. So uh, have a great day. Have a great week. And um, love God and love people.